Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. I just had a whole discussion during the uh, news break about helmets and motorcycle safety and people asking some questions and me offering what advice I can. And um, this is another thing that has kind of come up quite a bit. It, it has, honestly, since I did the Elkhart Indian endorsements and got the bike and everything else. And for the, every time I ride, I run into somebody who, who recognizes me. Um, but yeah, we need to do a ride. I think we need to have some kind of a listener ride at some point here in the near future uh, in the summer. And so let's, let's do that. Uh, it doesn't even have to be a sponsored thing. It's just, you know, we'll just, I'll throw something up there on social media one day and we'll just all go and, and ride around and do some cool stuff. Um, you know, Scare some people. Scare the Bidens of the world out there who get scared of motorcycles. I remember Biden just uh, denied the permit for the Rolling Thunder uh, Memorial Day motorcycle ride in Washington, D.C. to honor military veterans. But, you know, he, he nope, not going to approve them, doesn't want them around. Yeah, those darned, those darned people and their motorcycles are scary for little old men, especially when little old men live in houses they don't belong in. Uh, Josh, I sent you a piece of audio a little bit earlier. Would you kindly do me a favor and play that audio for the audience right now, please? Who are the groups who are targeting on the vaccination? Youthful and the doubtful. And there is an attitude that they'll be fine. Why should they take the vaccine? Maybe you will get a long haul syndrome that we're not really sure what it is yet, but a lingering consequence of COVID. Or maybe you go home and kiss your grandmother and wind up killing your grandmother. Oh my, oh my goodness. That was Governor Cuomo at a news conference moments ago. Okay, all right, so you can go ahead and cut it out now. All right, so that is uh, Governor Cuomo who killed 15,000 grandmas and grandpas in New York. And he is, uh, I, I believe, second only to uh, Herr Whitler over in Michigan. Michigan has the worst recovery in the pandemic of any state in the union. Of course, she copied Cuomo, uh, but she, you know, she upped the ante. She took young sick people and put them in retirement communities. That was so sweet of her to do. Uh, the reaction that you got was Fox News's Harris Faulkner, who, <laughs> if you. If you have not seen the video of her reaction, you have to. I don't know that I have ever seen a news person's eyeballs get that big. They were massive. And she is sitting there. She's looking at it and she's going, holy smokes. I can't believe he just said that. You have to understand something. Cuomo is so delusional. His whole stupid family is delusional. He's so delusional, he still doesn't really think that he did anything wrong in spite of the fact that he was hiding all of these things that he was doing. He thinks he's moved beyond it, even though there's still an investigation into him and his conduct when it comes to the nursing homes. And I still have serious questions about Governor Whitmer trying to diddle her former health director, which is why she's paying him off with six-figure payoffs and non-disclosure agreements and things of that nature. 
<laughs> gotta be honest, man. There's just a lot of weird stuff happening in Michigan. But the people on on Twitter who are reacting to Cuomo's statement, basically what he was doing is he was talking about, uh, you know, the people who don't want to get the vaccine, you know, are essentially uh, young people. And, and then of course, you know, just other people who don't know any better and that sort of thing. And, And so his whole idea is, look, if you don't get the vaccine, then you might, maybe you go home, you kiss your grandmother and you wind up killing your grandmother. Well, why didn't grandma get the vaccine? That's, that's the part of the equation that's missing here. If grandma got the vaccine, then the young person having COVID wouldn't be a problem for vaccinated grandma. Unless, of course, grandma chose not to get the vaccine. I suppose that's possible. I did read an article today that Walgreens and CVS, like, combined, like, the two of them to combine, have wasted more vaccines than any state. thought that was interesting. So, yeah, I, go figure. It, it, it is what it is. New York Times is running articles um, complaining that Pfizer is making money because Pfizer's made like $3.5 billion in the uh, first few months of the year because of the vaccine. And New York Times is trying to shame them for making money. It's <laughs> uh, Dave Rubin said, breaking actual grandma killer has no sense of irony, self-respect, or decency. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Harris Faulkner, though, she, when he said that, she came right back to her show and she says, um, yeah, okay. <laughs> oh, geez. It was one of the best reactions you're going to get. A court has struck down the sanctuary policies of East Chicago, Indiana ruling that they have violated a statewide ban on sanctuary jurisdictions that seek to protect criminal illegal aliens from arrest and deportation. So East Chicago, Indiana was uh, a sanctuary city, and the court struck down those policies. Late last week, Judge Thomas Hallett of Indiana's Lake County Superior Court ruled that the sanctuary policies adopted in East Chicago in response to President Trump's pro-enforcement agenda violated the state's 2011 law, that bans sanctuary jurisdictions. And and here's here's the thing. The state doesn't even need a law that bans sanctuary jurisdictions. It's illegal for you to do that. It's illegal for you to be a sanctuary city. We are pleased that after extended litigation, the court has recognized the obvious fact that such ordinances are illegal in Indiana. That is attorney James Bopp Jr., who represented residents Greg Serbin and John Allen in a statement, there must be no such ordinance in Indiana, and those in existence are clearly in violation of Indiana law. Uh, Yeah, and, and U.S. law aside from that, but I digress. The Immigration Reform Law Institute, the IRLI, uh, which also represented the plaintiffs in the case, had originally helped craft Indiana's statewide ban on sanctuary jurisdictions, which requires local law enforcement to cooperate with ICE agents. Sheltering illegal aliens from immigration authorities not only flagrantly violates duly enacted Indiana law, but represents a serious public safety and national security risk. That is the IRLI Executive Director Dale Wilcox. 
When cities such as East Chicago insist on putting the interests of illegal aliens above those of their own citizenry, they have to be stopped, and we are pleased the court did just that. So, good for the courts in Indiana, uh, good for this group and the plaintiffs in the case, and shame on East Chicago, Indiana. We've got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Should I spoil it for them? Am I? Okay. Am I that guy that spoils it for the poor morning team? Do I do that? So what does it mean when INM switches the new solar farm on? It means more diesel fuel emissions because the solar farm's not going to generate enough power. That's what it means. Uh, <laughs> higher prices. Green energy always means higher prices. Not enough output. That output will have to be subsidized through traditional fossil fuel sources, usually diesel generators. That's how it works. <clears throat> there you go. I spoiled it for the morning thing. All right. Um, well, look, to be fair, the morning team might be able to see all of this if, if they went to Southwest Vision Center as much as I did. Uh, SWVisionCenter.com, that's where you go. These are the people who care for my eyes, although I did hear that John is going to start going there which is great because John is blind as a bat. He desperately needs help. And I have no doubt that Southwest Vision Center is going to get them all sorted out. If you go to swvisioncenter.com, you can take a look at all of their amazing services. Most of you know that I have dry eye syndrome. Um, and as I've gotten older, I have an astigmatism now. I didn't used to have that. That was affecting how I was driving at night. Uh, so I actually went through some things to help with my dry eye syndrome. They have a new treatment option available for dry eye syndrome as well, which you can read all about right there at SWVisionCenter.com. Uh, and then I also got special lenses with uh, these, these lenses that increase the contrast. So when I was driving home from the studio back when I used to go to work, you know, I mean, I did try to go back to work and then I ended up getting COVID. But when I, when I drive home from the studio... Um, during certain parts of the year, the lighting was not quite bright outside and not yet dark. And it was very difficult to kind of see some of the parts of the road. There's no lights on the road or anything like that. And I just started noticing I was having an issue with some of that. Uh, and I mentioned it to the doctor over at Southwest Vision Center, and they got me some special glasses to wear while I drive at night. And it totally pumps up the contrast. I can see where the edge of the road is. I can see the contrast of the trees and the branches and uh, signs, mailboxes, all of that. And it just makes driving home much safer, much easier. And I didn't realize it, but that was a part of my dry eye syndrome. So if you go to SWVisionCenter.com, make your, excuse me, make your appointment with the location nearest you. And my listeners get discounts at Southwest Vision Center that oftentimes beat their insurance rates. That's how great the discounts are for those of you in my audience. Go to SWVisionCenter.com, make your appointment with Southwest Vision Center, and let them know that I sent you for those discounts. <clears throat> All right, what else do we have here? <clears throat> Rayshard Brooks. Do you remember Rayshard Brooks? Rayshard Brooks was the guy who was drunk in the parking lot and then decided to fight with police officers and stole a taser, and then you had the... Uh, was it the uh, district attorney, <clears throat> the same district attorney that said that a taser was not a deadly weapon when it was being used against a police officer, had previously said that police officers using tasers were using a deadly weapon against suspects? Remember that whole situation in Atlanta? 
Well, anyway, the police officer who had to uh, shoot Rayshard Brooks because Rayshard Brooks, you know, stole his taser, used it on the officer, uh, was trying to get away while fighting with these police officers. Uh, He has been reinstated. After all this time, Officer Garrett uh, Rolfe has been reinstated as a police officer in his department. And uh, what else do we have here? His attorney said, basically, this proves that due process matters. Rolf was terminated nearly immediately following the fatal shooting of Rayshard Brooks last summer. A civil board decided on Tuesday that the officer was indeed denied his right to due process. We are very excited that the civil board says the due process, that due process matters. That is the attorney Lance LaRusso. In a statement, uh, according to CNN, LaRusso added that his client's reinstatement will likely take some time, but he intended to get his client back to work. Due to the city's failure to comply with several provisions of the Code of the Information received during witness testimony, the board concludes the appellate has, was not afforded his right to due process. Therefore, the board grants the appeal of Garrett Rolfe and revokes his dismissal as an employee of the Atlanta Police Department. <clears throat> yes, they got it right. They got it right. He was hit with felony charges in the death of Brooks a week after the fatal shooting took place in a Wendy's parking lot. The reinstated officer is currently facing 11 counts, including felony murder and assault with a deadly weapon. So he's still got his criminal case, but he's been reinstated as a police officer. He won't be able to actually go out there and serve all this case is pending, but uh, this will help with benefits and pay and that sort of stuff. <clears throat> but again, you know, Richard Brooks is the guy who is drunk who's was passed out. Uh, And then fought with police officers, stole the taser, used the taser against the officers. And, you know, again, you have the district attorney out there. I think it was the DA. Uh, I don't think it was the attorney general. I think it was the DA. And, you know, the DA is out there a couple of weeks prior saying that a police officer using a taser against a suspect is using a deadly weapon. And then when a suspect steals an officer's taser and uses the taser on the officer, the district attorney says, well, it's not a deadly weapon and therefore deadly force isn't necessary or isn't warranted. And it, it, this is the type of stuff that is going on right now. Following the reinstatement, the Atlanta Police Department emphasized that the board did not make a determination as to whether officer role violated Atlanta Police Department policies. It is important to note that the CSB did not make a determination as to whether Officer Rolf violated Atlanta Police Department policies. In light of the CSB's rulings, APD, Atlanta Police Department, will conduct an assessment to determine if additional investigative actions are needed. So, again, the Atlanta Police Department is basically saying um, what they ruled is not that he didn't violate department policies. What they ruled is that his rights were violated. I mean, the officer's rights were violated, which they clearly were. Um, <clears throat> so we will uh, we'll see how this all shakes out. But um, let's see here. Atlanta Police Department detectives assigned to the Rayshard Brooks investigation says that he would have charged Brooks, not Rolf, the officer, with 10 counts, including multiple felonies. It was posted by legal analyst Philip Holloway, captioning a screenshot of Hogan's letter. Usually law enforcement are witnesses for the state, but this is from a defense filing. So Philip Holloway basically says the detective 
in the Rayshard Brooks investigation, that detective's determination is that Rayshard Brooks is the one that would be facing 10 felony counts if he were alive, not the police officer. Which is, yeah. I mean, you, you fought with police. You resisted. You physically assaulted both of those officers. You stole one of their tasers. You used the taser against them. You continued to try to use the taser against them while you were running away. But this is, <clears throat> none of that matters for the record. None of that matters to the, the woke, bottom-feeding dwellers of the, the, the sludge at the bottom of the aquarium of life because they're just going to go out there and say, well, he was just an innocent guy, you know, he was, he was baby-faced and he was going to be going to college and he was going to be a doctor while he was a lawyer and he was an honor roll student and he played 14 different musical instruments and spoke 20 different languages and he was a part of the Red Cross and he was a merchant marine and he was this and he was that. And, and in his spare time, he liked to tie balloon animals for all the little kids in the park while giving them free ice cream cherries. That's how the media portrays every single one of these cases. Every single time. Meanwhile, the police officer who's got actual physical wounds on him from the struggle, from the taser barbs that were in his body, he woke up that morning angry, angry that Disney made one non-white princess. And he set out to exact revenge upon every black male that he encountered particularly the ones drunk and passed out in their cars in a Wendy's parking lot. And that was his opportunity because nobody goes to Wendy's late at night. So he was going to kill this guy because of what Disney had done with the skin color of princesses. It's nonsense, but this is the way that the culture war is being fought and it's getting worse because now the guy who is the usurper, and is sitting in the White House, he wants to tie federal funding to teaching kids that all policing is racist. We'll talk about that coming up. 95.3 MNC. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I'm your host, Casey Hendrickson, and your neighbors have elected me to have a little chat with you. Your windows are ugly, your house is an eyesore, and you're bringing down the property values of everybody in the neighborhood. Plus, I would imagine that it's probably not all that comfortable inside your house. In the winter, it's probably too cold because you have a cold draft coming through those old, disgusting windows. And I would imagine in the summer, all of that precious money is going right to waste as you have your heaters, uh, your air conditioner on, and it's just going out through those, uh, those cracks in that window. Do yourself a favor. Call Faber's B Window. Get the windows replaced. Windows are consistently one of the best things that you can do for the value of your home. Now, a lot of people will spend a lot of money in various other places of their house doing upgrades and things like that, and they don't ever get a return on that investment. But with windows, you do. Not only do you increase your property values, you make your home look a lot nicer, you improve the curb appeal, and you save money on your power and gas bills. 
Go to Favors B Window, bwindow.com, and find out why they have been chosen by over 60,000 customers to install over 600,000 windows. They've got windows in pretty much any color that you could possibly think of, so they will match the color of your home. So you don't have to worry about getting a window that clashes with your paint. And what about the hardware? Oh, the hardware will match your decor because they have tons of options with the hardware also. So you can get windows that match the color of your home and you get hardware that match the decor of your home and you're just going to improve the value of your house, your curb appeal, and of course your energy efficiency. And B-Window doesn't just do windows, they do doors. And let's be honest, your door's pretty ugly too, so you should probably get another one of those. And, and they do siding, they do porch conversions, they even do bathroom remodels. I've been meaning to talk to you about that one. But I'm also not the only one telling you that your bathroom needs a remodel. And right now, if you go to bwindow.com, they are offering up to 50% off plus special manufacturer rebates, plus 24 months, no interest, no payments. All you've got to do is go to Favors B Window, bwindow.com. Let them know that I sent you. All right, let's take a look here. <clears throat> Back in, what was it, April, okay, April 19th, okay, back in April 19th, usurper Biden issued an executive order. Now, this executive order called for, and I quote, an ambitious whole-of-government equity agenda, end quote. Now, in pursuit of that goal, the Department of Education, well, I should say that wasn't back in April. On April 19th, the Department of Education because of the president's executive order, well, not the president, the usurper's executive order, um, on April 19th, the Department of Education proposed a new rule. Now, if this rule is adopted, it would prioritize federal education grants to public K-12 schools that promote critical race theory. The 1619 Project, which even the creator of the 1619 Project now freely admits was never meant to be historically accurate, uh, and the work of anti-racist activist Ibram X. Kendi, who calls for unconstitutional racial discrimination against whites and Asians. Uh, they're not an anti-racist activist. We went over Kendi before on this program. So um, there is a, a public commentary period that ends on May 19th, the deadline there. Um, you still have an opportunity to weigh in on this with the Department of Education with your comments. I will link to that in the daily show prep today. I highly encourage you to do that. Uh, They're going to do everything they can to tie as much federal money to public schools who teach critical race theory, the 1619 Project, and they promote a racist like Ibram Kendi. So make sure you get involved. I've seen a lot more people involved in their kids' educational life lately. This is a big one. Got more coming up, 95.3 MNC. Ladies and gentlemen, I have been told that foreigners are not supposed to be putting money into our election system. So explain to me how a Swiss billionaire, Hans Swarg Weiss, gave Democrats $135 million in dark money between 2016 and 2020. And of course, that money went to Center for American Progress and Priorities USA and dozens of others, including Senate Majority PAC and 
uh, national Democratic county officials and all of that stuff. How is it? You might even call that, ladies and gentlemen, you might even call that foreign influence of our elections. Have a wonderful night. Buy a 3D printer.